You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Hey, what's happening? This is Brad Ward, host of All Eyes on Cleveland. Hope everybody's having a great holiday weekend, enjoying this kickoff to this uh summer here in northeast ohio or wherever you are at when you're listening to this episode it's a crossover episode all eyes on cleveland and the obr film breakdown with the great jake burns and here he is what's happening guys welcome into your first uh, first edition of the week here we have an episode that is you know usually i try to do a little monday quick hitter but it's a holiday weekend i need to take a couple days off over the weekend when I thought about getting back into the studio, nobody I wanted to talk to more than Brad Ward. So we're here for a Monday quick hitter slash crossover edition with the OBR Film Breakdown and All Eyes on Cleveland. Here with Brad. Brad, what's happening, my friend? What's happening? That's very kind of you to say, Jake. Hope you had a good weekend and uh, glad to be talking with you, sir. Listen, let's let's hit this topic real quick. Unprepared. Yep. I'm throwing this at you. Unprepared, Brad. What? What? Give me your ideal Memorial Day cookout plate give me three things you got to have on your cookout memorial day weekend plate uh burger cheeseburger so you're burger over hot dog and brat kind of guy yes okay definitely like it? i'm not not a big hot dog guy i like you know i'll do it at the ball game but other than that it's cool i'm cool on that um uh, rather go burger pasta salad is a must i think uh, like chips and dip. That's your three? Maybe some cheesy potatoes. All right, we'll let you run the fourth in. I like cheesy potatoes. I am a okay. I am a barbecue chicken guy. Like that. Okay. Got to have some barbecue chicken. I feel like it's a staple. At least I grew up that way. Everybody's barbecue is different. I recognize sure. that. But barbecue chicken, give me some pasta salad, just like you said. I need some Pasta salad signifies summer to me, Brad. The right yes, pasta salad makes you feel like summer's upon us. We also do this ramen noodle salad, which is really, really good. Like a broccoli slaw kind of in there deal. Pretty good. And then I need deviled eggs. Got to have a deviled egg, man. Ooh, that just yeah. It just really gives you the summer summer vibes. I love Memorial Day weekend. The Memorial Tournament in Columbus here where I am kicks off this week. So it's really it's a really good time. Um, let's listen. What I want to do, there's absolutely nothing in the Browns world going on right now. We got the no. big news on the Friday news dump, right, Brad? We got the Njoku deal. And I think most people have broken that down, given their thoughts by now. I've kind of tweeted some things out. I did a quick episode with Pete Smith over at SI on Friday when that broke. Um, but I want to really talk about now the surrounding elements, because a lot of people, uh, it, it seems it's, it's, it's pretty divisive and down the middle. You either really like the deal because you're keeping their guys, and then there's some people that just don't like it. They think it's a crazy deal because of the production. I see where both sides are coming from. As you and I, I like do. to say, this, this is not a 
this is not a zero risk decision, right? They are yeah. clearly paying for future production here that they think is going to happen with Watson. So we all start thinking, okay, better quarterback. We think that that's going to parlay itself into better production, better performance from the, the past metrics, right? Because there's still also run game stuff. You have to block and all of that. And I think I've tried to illuminate that David's gotten better at that and better at that as his career has gone on. But if you're going to be determined as one of the best tight ends in the NFL, you better be able to put some production up as a pass catcher. So what I wanted to look at and kind of task this topic with is kind of painting this picture of, all right, what does what has Deshaun Watson done with his tight ends in the league? We all like, well, he had this great run with Brandon Fells one year. Yeah, but what does it look like? And what do you feel like as a fan is an acceptable number for a guy getting essentially a two? We have not seen the granular details of this thing yet, but it's essentially a two-year, $14 million deal. It gets heavily incentive-laden. It can get up to 56 through four years, but it's a $14 million APY number, Brad. So... And listen, Jack Duffin, our cap guy who's listening to this, Jack might have a, a, a better feel for this, and he'll probably write it up this week. But listen, what what, what we need to, to paint the picture first with, Brad, and you have the stats because I know you've done the homework on this, what has Watson's production looked like with tight ends year to year? Has it been a, a high volume of tight end production, or is it a sort of middle-of-the-market thing? for Because he hasn't played with a ton of great tight ends. No, he hasn't. So he, he has produced... I'll say his touchdown numbers are high. I want to say he has 21 in his three seasons. Uh, is that right? I can look at it right here. So I think, he, yeah, 21 touchdowns. Uh, how many total yeah. does he have? Do you know overall? 106 uh, or so? Yeah, I think it's like one f- uh, a quarter of his touchdowns or something like that or, or around there. Uh, Jared wrote it uh, on our site. Uh, he wrote up something like a quarter or a fifth of his touchdowns were to tight ends uh, through his career so far. So he does um, like to use them for the touchdown department. What keep going? He he does. Let's 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 go back. Okay, uh, two thousand eight. We got three years to look at, right? So two thousand eighteen, he threw to three guys: Griffin, Akins, and Thomas. Um, he spread it around pretty good, right? So uh, Griffin twenty four catches, three hundred five yards, no touchdown. Akins seventeen catches, two hundred twenty five yards, no touchdowns. Thomas caught 20 balls for 215 yards and four touchdowns. So the tight end position as a whole in 2018, nothing overwhelming, but 61 catches, 745 yards, four, t- four tutties. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, keep going, keep going. Because Ryan Griffin was his first real threat at the position, but, you know, not, not a great football player. I'll let you keep going. Yeah, so 2019, it kind of takes more shape. Now, you get a, a pretty even split on catches between Aikens and Fells because Fells enters the situation, and he loved Fells in the red zone. But yeah. Fells catches seven touchdowns alone that year from Watson. And Fells was we, – we saw Fells up close. He was not a great receiving guy for us. He was more of a blocking guy for us, right? Yeah. So yeah. he went and caught seven touchdowns with Watson. But Aikens caught 36 balls, 418 yards, and two touchdowns. Fells caught 34 balls, 341 yards, seven touchdowns. Combined, you get 70 catches, 759, and nine touchdowns. Pretty similar numbers with the catches and the yards, but the touchdowns jumped by five to the tight end position there. So, yeah, it keeps going up a little better. Akins and, and Fells, we know who they are. Sort of just Jags. They're just fine, yeah. right? They're NFL competent tight ends. And I want to say in 2020, which is the last year we have, right, 
it, it kind of falls off a little bit. You get, I think it was Aikens and, and Pharaoh Brown uh, jumped into the mix there. Uh, 37 catches for Aikens, 403 yards and a touchdown. He's pretty steady with that, you know, each year, right, with them. And then Farrell Brown caught 14 balls for 163 yards and two touchdowns. So he ends up with uh, 51, 566, and three, I believe. Double check that for you. Yeah, I think, I think I think we can we can say pretty clearly that he has had pretty good success in the red zone with tight ends. I don't think he's gone crazy in terms of feeding a a singular player, right? Like I don't think he's gone crazy with feeding a tight end at that position. Like he hasn't had that type of guy. So if we go back through and look at Baker Mayfield's. I want to look at how many of his touchdowns have been to tight ends in his career. So he threw nine of them to tight ends last year. So that's nine. If we go back to 2020, he threw uh, 2020. He threw another nine. So that's 18. How many? And while I'm looking this up, right? How many touchdowns does Mayfield have in his career? Looks like he threw another nine. So he's been consistently at nine throughout his career. Um, and then we'll look at 2018. He threw another eight. So he threw eight, nine, nine, nine. So Mayfield has actually used tight ends a little bit more in terms of touchdown production. He has than... 92, 92 total touchdown passes. So again, that's, that's, uh, of 92 total touchdown passes. Baker Mayfield has, you know, 27 plus eight. So you're looking at 35 of his touchdowns went to tight ends. So it is a, significantly lower number with Watson, right? So yes. that would be that would be a big change in terms of uh, production from touchdown numbers based on just what we've seen here. I'm going to try to look up Watson. So in 2018, um, Watson's rookie year is 17, right? So he only throws one touchdown to Ryan Griffin. Did I get that right or wrong? Uh, hang on. I, I, I think 20, it's okay. 2017, it's only showing me one. Yeah. Tw- 2018, he throws four. He throws, he throws four. Four to, four to Thomas is all I have here. Yep. 19, okay. he throws nine to Aikens and Fells. And then I only have, I'm showing three and 20. Now, there is another uh, tight end that I missed, but he didn't. I mean, Fair. now we're talking about a. Uh, so I have I have seven. So he has one to Aikens, two to Pharaoh Brown. And yeah. then four to Darren Fells. So, yeah, I mean, Baker used the tight ends a bit more. So we'll see if that leads to anything. But the passing yards of each is where it would get a little bit interesting. I certainly think Njoku is a better player than any of these guys we're seeing here. I don't think that that is incorrect. Would you disagree with that? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's in- interesting, you know, Njoku, when we look at this stuff. So best year was 2018, right? 50 mm-hmm. cuts, 56 balls, 639 yards, four touchdowns. Last year, uh, 36 catches, 475, and four. So we're talking about, I mean, the money that he was given, right? And, and where it puts him, APY-wise, he's fourth in, in the league, right? Um, and they were ready to give him Jake the franchise tag. Now, it's interesting. I thought this was... I dove into the numbers a little bit here, but, you know, you figure out the franchise tag by taking the five best, you know, it's either 120% of what you just made, right, or the five highest APY guys, uh, divide, right, 
uh, divided uh, the average of the best five best APY guys. Yeah, uh, real quick before you do that, we should yeah. should say Baker Mayfield never had wide receiver production the way you he know DeAndre Hopkins and and Cooks and Fuller. Like he just never put up those types of things. So um, I'm not trying to scare anybody by those numbers, but I do think it's it's at least noteworthy here to say that not as many touchdowns have gone for Watson to tight ends as they have for Baker Mayfield. So that's just something noteworthy. Yeah, very. Uh, and a little bit of that you can tilt to the system, I'm sure, right? Uh, but more, Yeah, more tight ends on the field, obviously, yes. is going to yield itself. Yeah. For sure, um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so I was looking at this like, hey, you know, what if we take those five guys that we're making the franchise tag with, right? Mm-hmm. And what if we you know, get the average of their numbers. So if you're paying $10.9 million to franchise tag, and I know that they, you know, they redid his deal, but initially that's what they offered him. What would that kind of production look like? What are you really trying to pay for production-wise if you could equate dollars to yards? And I know that's not a straight parallel or, you know, one line from one point to another, but it is interesting, I think, because you're looking at Kittle, Kelsey, uh, Andrews, Henry, and uh, Goddard, right? So, um, and you end up with 75.2 receptions, 965.8 yards, and 7.4 touchdowns a year if you take the five highest paid guys in 21 and average out their production. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Now. That would be a dream outcome in this scenario for Njoku. Is it impossible? He got to six what? He got to six in eighteen. Uh six fifty. Maybe it'd been a little higher. He got how many targets did he get that year? Do you have that in front of you? I think yeah, he I got, got like it. eighty something targets. Eighty five, I think was the total number he had. So Yeah, I, I mean I'm not sure. I, I'm I think he can get into the 800 to 900 range, but that's a re- that's a great outcome. That's a really great outcome. Do you think, Brad, he can get to that number, that 870 catches, something like Here, that? Here's the thing, and I, I looked at some other top guys too, and we can dig into that a little bit more. But you, when you take the guys that he is up there with now, I don't really think that's realistic right now. Maybe later on, right? But, like, right now, like – I wrote down, see, I think the 70 receptions is realistic. I do. I think the the seven touchdowns part of that is realistic. It The where I don't find it realistic, Jake, is the yardage. I don't see him going for 1,000 yards or anything like that. I think if, you, if we had sevens across the board, I'd be happy. If he caught 70 balls for 700 yards and seven touchdowns, I would call that an ideal year one of this deal. I think that is the threshold. If they're going to pay him like this, they better use him like this and continue to keep him on the field all the time. I mean, Hooper got more snaps last year. He has to obviously 
be the guy that gets those snaps this year. Money dictates that decision, right? They don't make a decision to play a guy 60% of snaps if he's going to be paid $14 million a year, Brad. They're viewing him as a real weapon here. So the opportunity should rise. If the opportunity rises, he should be able to make more plays on the football. I think it's fair. Take this to the bank, Browns fans. The 70 catches, 750 yards, seven touchdown number is like the number you want to see him hit, barring injury is the number you want to see him hit. That's that's an ideal. In the first two years of this deal, that is fine value because I think he blocks better than some of the guys who get premium targets at the position, so he yep. can handle that stuff too. He can be on the field all the time. I think they're paying him this way. If he falls below that in any significant fashion, you start to really worry about it. I do need to see the contract details to know what they're uh, – I would imagine the Browns protected themselves here, Brad, in some way, shape, or form with an out at a certain point. Again, I predict a couple years into this because that's just, hey, I'm a genius yeah. here, guys. It's a four-year deal. I'm predicting halfway through the deal they're going to have an yeah, out. Yeah, they're going to have and, an uh, out after two years, you, you, you would you, think, with minimal. You come to, this, uh, you come to these yeah. podcasts for my rocket science opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the standard here would be baking that in and being heavily incentive-based. So. I hope we painted a decent picture for you here that Deshaun Watson, who I think is a significantly better quarterback than Baker, just because he had a couple nice little runs with Darren Fells, it is not like he's had a dominant tight end or has proven big-time tight end targets and production throughout his career. He's been fine. He's had some years, but there have been some years where he hasn't really used the tight end all too much, and that's sometimes scheme. You know, Early in his career, they're doing a lot of high motion and creativity and two backs and all of that, so I understand. I think Deshaun will know who to get the football to here based on his best weapons. But to me, they have to include David. They have to find ways to create opportunities for him. We've all been screaming it for five years. It's it's uh, he, he can't call it make or break, Brad, because he's been paid, so I guess he's already yeah. hit the make point. But he's got to go out and prove this thing, or he's going to – at least the, the Browns will feel a little bit foolish for this this deal they gave him. So the hope here is that they can figure it out and, and get this guy involved the way he needs to be involved. It, you know, you made a great point when we said the 7,700, 7,707 is the threshold sort of. You know, 670 snaps on offense last year for Njoku. And when you're looking at the, the top guys in the league, you know, there's three guys over 1,000 offensive snaps last year, Kittle, Kelsey, and uh, Dalton, Dalton Schultz, and 934 for Mark Andrews, 8, 840 for Dallas Godert. So, uh, I mean, I think that uh, he's going to need to play, you know, 850-plus snaps to even give him a chance at that. And, and But the Browns should be banking on that. If you're paying him this kind of money, that's what you're paying him for, right? Yeah. Yeah, to me at least, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that, you know, you're talking about Dalton Schultz and the Cowboys, or you're talking about the Buccaneers or some of these other places that might, you know, even uh, – who else was on that list real quick, Brad? So Andrews had the best rank – this is PFF ranking. Andrews, uh, Dallas Goder, Kittle, Kelsey, Pitts, Schultz, Gronkowski. You're just talking uh, about teams that don't have running backs the way the Browns do. That's sure. the thing that – like, no matter what the Browns do, unless every single thing they do, this is what makes the Browns unique, unless every single thing they do yields 30 points or more every week, people are going to say they're either not throwing the ball enough or they're not running the ball enough. That will be the thing that will be really frustrating. So you hope that they can put this all together. I do think having dominate, dominating running backs and guards in your backfield make it a real trick 
to sit there and rely on throwing the football a ton. Like Dallas is obviously going to throw the football a ton. There's yes. teams out there that are just going to throw Like, you know, the Chiefs are going to throw the football a ton. Just they don't have – maybe the Chiefs are changing who they are here and we're going to see that move a little bit. But, you know, the, the Browns have these running backs. They have these guards. They're going to run the football a lot. Their total number of throws is never going to be quite the same as other teams, for now at least. But, you know, what I'm encouraged by is Stefanski was in the second half of the year, very early down pass – uh, you know, push toward the top of the league and early down pass rate, which I really like. I do think yes. there are going to be more targets for David. I don't know if it's going to get crazy, but I use his second year as sort of a barometer when he got into the mid sixes and he got a decent number of targets, like I think 80 targets. So that's what the threshold should be. He should get a little more than that. It should push towards 70 catches, 700 yards, seven touchdowns. Let's see him do it, Brad. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think that uh, if you give him the reps, put him on the field, you know, we said we've seen the improvement in his blocking. Um, I think if you give him the opportunities in the red zone, he'll reward you. We've seen him come up with big catches in the, in the red zone and big touchdown catches when he's had the opportunities few and far between, though they've been. Uh, you just got to use him more. And, and I know it's easier said than done, much easier said than done, but... Um, that's why you went out and paid $230 million to a better quarterback. And uh, I don't see the pro- – I mean, I see why people have a problem with this deal, Jake, because you're paying yeah. somebody for the production that's not the, there. The mind, the mind is built, Brad, on paying for results that have already happened in the past. And much like Denzel, I think the Browns think he's really good. They're paying him for the future. They think he's still going to get better. I think a lot of that is going on here where this is the only way that happens, Brad, as you know this, and then I'll shut up. But, like, you don't say, man, the Browns really got a great deal for a guy unless he still has levels to reach that he has not already reached. So they're taking that risk here, understanding that, hey, how are we going to replace him? We don't have a great pick. We don't have – like, we can't go get Michael Mayer from Notre Dame next year. It's a little tricky, right? So they're trying to say, this guy's still young. He's just turning 26. This deal's done before. If we ran this deal to the full gauntlet, he'd only be he wouldn't even be 30 yet. So it I get it. I totally get where they're coming from. They'll pay him early yeah. and push some things off until later. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's like the best deal ever written from from the standpoint of security, but I also understand what they're trying to do here. Yeah, if you if you remove Hooper from the situation and you take Njoku's skill set and give him more of a workload, this should work out ideally, in, in my opinion. So it should. We'll hope that it does. That's right. what we're here to illuminate is what successful seasons look like for David. And hopefully we have done a little bit of that. If you have questions, never hesitate to fire those questions over to the podcast Twitter feeds. You can hit up Brad's, you can hit up mine, you can you can ask us questions. We'll always get to him. Brad and I are on the path of getting together every week. So if you have something you want to chat about or like us to chat about, never hesitate to ask, and we will do that. So this is a Tuesday episode, so it's the kickoff of everybody's week. Hopefully you had a fantastic <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. You enjoyed yourself, and you got some time with your family, some relaxation time. And, um, yeah, that's what seems like Brad and I did. Brad, thanks for joining me, brother. Always appreciate these. Always, man. You're the best, Jake. Likewise, my friend. So, guys, we'll check back in. Both of us will check back in later this week. You know, I'll be on Wednesday. Have some good guests lined up. We'll check those out uh, in the coming days. Have a great Tuesday. Be safe wherever you're at listening to this in the car or out exercising or wherever you're at. I always appreciate the time you take. I know Brad does, too, to listen to these episodes. 
Thank you all. Have a great Tuesday. Great start to your week and go Browns.